This week on the Solid State Podcast, there's really no need, not that there really ever was one, for a big extended intro, because, well, everyone already knows what we're here to talk about. Exactly as announced, Samsung called the tech world together last week to show off their top of 2023 wares in the flagship smartphone and laptop space. Yeah, you heard me right, laptop space. The mere fact that this event was finally in person again might actually be the single biggest bit of news, on the smartphone front at least. Cameras were upgraded, processors got snappier, and edges got boxier. This is hardly just a Samsung problem. This space is hitting an all-new stage of maturity that almost lends itself to seem even more yawn-worthy when showcased in big, overdone events versus the infomercial-style announcements of the high pandemic years. But even so, Samsung still brought the flare, the leaks, okay, those came earlier, and shockingly three laptops, one of which may have just stolen the show if its battery can stand the test of real-world use. Okay, I wouldn't exactly call that a short intro after all, but let's dive right in anyway and talk our way through Samsung's Unpacked 2023 event. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. We're back this week to, uh, this was kind of a cool episode to me because I realized right now that this is one of if not the first topic we're doing that circles all the way back to a topic that we did almost a year ago so that's right we did do this one a year ago i forgot yeah, about it doesn't that. feel like it that's what yeah. i was like wait <laughs> it was a, it was a little bit after the fact because i think it was more of a what's in the box just because it was it was once right. we had a chance to get the hardware in hand from that year's event and uh, oh, okay. this one this one's going to take a slightly different turn and we're going to get into why here in a few minutes but uh enough of the the preamble after the preamble we we are here this week to talk all things uh samsung's unpacked 2023 event which uh, you've heard us reference many many times both in its own episode and several times afterwards um you know we, we talked about how there's these tent pole events kind of throughout from almost every major brand in tech that you've heard of um has several from wwdc which is gone back to being more of a true developer's announcements but still a lot happens there um, microsoft has build and many others google has io and normally a few others and i mean apple of course has their really unnamed well, i guess the name changes yeah, but there's just there's the <laughs> iphone event what's typically yeah. some kind of iPad the only named one is wwdc yeah right mm -hmm. Um, yeah. They always do like some, this is not an Apple episode, but they normally do some kind of markety spin name for each one, sure. but it's, it's always some, I'm going to call it what it is, veiled, like, I'm a tortured pun about what, <laughs> yeah, the, really, which I guess is par for the course on this show anyway, but yeah. um, in Apple's case, pun very much intended, um, <laughs> but anyway, back to, back to our boys at Samsung, um, you know, Samsung features on this show a lot. Um, they, they are, again, they, they are a tentpole. They are a major player in consumer tech for a lot of people, both in the U.S. and especially around the world. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. in, you know, the main, well, one of the main things we're here to talk about today, which is the smartphone announcements that came out of this, you know, the smartphone wars, I'm, I refuse to call them over because there's no one sure. there's no, th thank god there's still not one brand to rule them all mm. but they're definitely not what they were a decade ago you know when i think about the players that were active in this space truly 10 years ago i think about htc i was and just gonna when, say <laughs> yep. yeah yeah that's the one that comes to mind for sure sure when <laughs> sony still 
something real in the smartphone space. I get they're still making phones, but when was the time you saw one not on a blog? You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. It, I don't. I, yeah, you're right. I've never seen anybody use anybody that I know have a actual right. Sony phone. So yeah, BlackBerry. You know, I mean, Microsoft. <laughs> really, I mean, it's and yep. now Microsoft's come full circle a second time because, um, as I understand it, the Surface Duo was one of the casualties of their recent mass layoffs. And right. So they're not yeah. making another one. Yeah. That that's what's going around. And there's actually again, totally not what we're here to talk about today. But there's even talk about even greater trickle down effects on what we know of as surface. I would personally be very shocked to see surface go away entirely just because we have talked quite a bit on this show, even about how important we all agree that surface is to the industry, maybe not necessarily to Microsoft's bottom line, but I'm very fearful that it be lost because of what it means to how it drives that segment of the industry forward. But yeah. Again, bringing it all the way back around to Samsung, but that will actually be just as, you know, that put a pin in that Microsoft Surface item mm -hmm. because that's going to be, you know, I think directly impactful to the second half of what we have to talk about. But um, Samsung opened up this one as, you know, the, the the main announcement of these unpacked events is the phones. This is their flagship phone event. Uh, you might remember just a few months ago, we covered their foldables event um, because that is typically a separate event. A whole half of the year that is expected to come again later this year, again, more or less on schedule. Um, I should mention this was early for um, for Unpack to happen. It's normally much, much closer to um, uh, Mobile World Congress, which is happening in late February this year. And my, um, Samsung normally aligns this event more with those other broader industry, you know, Call it, I'm really anymore a smartphone, call it what it is, related announcements that happen around mm -hmm. MWC. So I think they wanted to get a little more separation from it. Um, this is a bit of a lull in the news cycle right now, typically post CES. Obviously, as we talked about recently, Apple snuck some pretty big news in there in the last few weeks. But I, I think more of these brands are getting out there because they can get some additional moments in the news cycle because there's yeah, not a lot else. Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, well, I should say again, there's not a lot of positivity going on in the news cycle anyway, because <laughs> the main tech news happening right now is which company laid off five figures of their employees. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't mean to keep belaboring that point, but it is a, as we've said many times, you know, the, the feelings that go out for all the folks whose either jobs are directly in danger or they've already found out they've lost them entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, but also just, and then the broader impact for what that means to the industry. So so Unpacked 2023 brought um, really three mainline phones. That's kind of become a Samsung's cadence for the, for this event. Um, kind of your your entry level phone, your phone for everyone, and then your phone for the us's. You know, the, the, your your <laughs> no, it's yeah. really your your yeah, tech yeah. guys. <laughs> it's it, the the tour de force phone that brings mm -hmm. everything in one. Um, we used to know this phone as the Note. I mean, I refuse to think of it as anything else. They can call it an ultra all they want. It's, a, um, I, I think much about just letting the note brand finally die. Um, because there's still old signs in some airports about not bringing certain galaxy phones on planes because right. they had a really bad run of exploding there for a while. I was actually, so uh, uh, happened to be going through my photos, uh, not too long ago. And I found a photo I had sent it, uh, John, I think to you and a few other people, I was at yep. the airport and add the signs up for like no samsung phone you know when that was happening uh -huh. oh, wow that's hilarious you know, i had to take a picture of it at the time and so that and going back to things that seem like 
forever ago. I mean, really, that that seems like so, so long ago that happened. And it happened at such a very different time. I mean, I remember thinking then, does Samsung come back from this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, kudos to them because there's been a few moments like that. There was the Note Fire battery issues. Mm -hmm. Um, There was the disastrous launch of the original Galaxy Fold. Mm-hmm. And where they had to literally recall and reclaim the phones back mid-launch. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that. And so has everyone but Dieter Bone and a few <laughs> other journalists who got uh, that got phones that uh, suspiciously stopped working very, very quickly. But, I mean, yeah. kudos to Samsung. <laughs> they have really taken some some major hits along the way and continue to be not only one of, going back to our original point a few minutes ago, the key player in this part of the space because you know that Mm. smartphone war we were talking about it's really whittled down over the years for a long time it was apple and android but then if you got within and because once blackberry effectively died and microsoft rolled over for all intents and purposes it became apple v everyone else and everyone else was this conglomerate of a hundred greater android Android. right oh yeah well, Apple used to talk about how fragmented Android was, right? In their in their PowerPoints or their sure, yeah, that was their like, like, graph, like, oh yeah, it's still on that. That's I was gonna say. That's not any less true, even if you're yeah. just talking about <laughs> Samsung phones. But anyway, within Android now, that war happened internally, and Samsung won. I mean, at least yeah. for 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 the U.S. I know globally, Huawei is a much bigger player. There, you know, in Europe, there's a lot of you know other there's there's other players in the space, and even in the U.S., there are other players in the space. But the fact of the matter is, I'll go back to my analogy: you're on the subway, you're on the bus, you're standing in a crowded place. You look around, you're going to see iPhones, you're going to see Samsung phones. I mean, oh, yeah. that's those are the two givens is the fact that it still stands out to me when i eyeball hey that person's got a pixel oh man that's the sony whatever whatever i'm you know what i mean like it really really is noticeable and i think about the one time i ever saw an actual surface duo in the in in the wild that wasn't mine i was gonna say was it yours (laughs) (laughs) walk walk class a really reflective (laughs) piece of glass and go oh hey Hey, look at that. What's that guy got? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, over the past few years, like the Galaxy brand is definitely like the one you see. You're like, oh, okay, that yep. you got a Galaxy. Okay. If it's not an iPhone. Yeah, you get the like you that. see the three cameras in a row or whatever on the back yep. of somebody's phone, you know exactly what it is. Yeah. You know what they've got. And also you walk into any carrier store, and not necessarily one of these phones, because Sam part of Samsung Samsung's holy cow playbook is make not a phone at every price point, make eight phones at every price point right. and just carpet bomb every vertical. And, and I mean, the, like everyone else, their financials have taken a hit in the last, you know, few rotations, but for the most part, it continues to work from them, at least from a market dominance perspective, it's working just fine. Mm-hmm. They are dominant in that, yeah. in that piece of the space. Um, but what I was going to say, you walk into any carrier store and they're basically chucking phones at you as you walk in the door. Hey, if you give that, us that half used water bottle, we'll give you this Samsung A whatever, whatever. You know, like that's go, that's just the the play. Um, they're definitely not, you know, handing out I, um, iPhone. <laughs> I couldn't even say mini with a straight face. <laughs> um, oh, so three. Go ahead, Cody. I was going to say, especially with the trade-ins, like you, they want, you, hey, <laughs> come get the new Samsung. You just trade in all yeah. your other stuff. It, it reminds yes. me of those car advertisements. 
push it in, pull it in, drag it in. We'll give you blah, blah, blah. Like it really, it doesn't matter. Like you can have a bullet hole through your phone and they're like, eh, whatever. We'll give you a Samsung. Well, they will bullet hole through your Samsung phone. And we will talk about the state of trades here in a second also. And it it just, (laughs) there's, there's more to be had there. But before I totally get lost in that piece of the story, um, we're going to do for us, at least a relatively quick run through of the phones they announced and the overarching narrative I'm going to get out of the way is it's going to be quick because there's not a whole lot to say. Um, yeah. But I want to get out ahead of it and say, this is not just a Samsung problem. This is not a Samsung bashing event by a long shot. I think there are some definite cool things going on in these phones. Um, but we've talked about the maturity of the smartphone market and we are entering into what I would call for me at least, the advanced maturity of the smartphone market. Yes, there continues to be some really cool stuff going on in foldables from Samsung. Um, there's <laughs> right. some really there's 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 other interesting things going on in durability of the materials, in connectivity with satellites, with all these other things. But when it comes down to like going back going back to 10 years ago, when every new release brought some feature that the broader public, if not at least the tech public, was asking for. I remember when everyone wanted a front-facing camera. I mean, really, that like when oh, that yeah. was the that was feature thing. that everyone yep. wanted. Um, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, we've got all the things. We've got 17 cameras. We've got <laughs> yeah. in-display fingerprint scanners. We've got facial scanning. We've got voice assistants. All, and the list goes on and on and on they, and on. I think they need to and circle back and, and give me an FM tuner again in my phone. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> With an antenna that, that pushes the out? <laughs> I am positive somewhere in this building I can find an old HTC phone in a drawer somewhere that has yeah. the FM tuner you're looking yeah. for. Um, I can vaguely picture it. I think it was orange. Um, yep. but anyway, that sounds about right. Um, so the reason I'm prefacing with you, what I call the advanced maturity of the smartphone space is the degree for me, at least that I had to pick apart some of these announcements to find those things, like really call it as the things to talk about today. I thought said as much as the things themselves, the effort to find those items, said a lot to me mm-hmm. um, I mean, ultimately there wasn't a whole lot changed for at least for the bottom two phones camera wise they look almost the same it it it's seemed to me close. like the bottom the bottom two phones mostly saw both form factor and just you know small bumps and things bumps come down from the upper. So like what items from last year's S 22 ultra, I saw several of those kind of just make their way down to, um, the S 23 and the S 23 plus. I mean, obviously there's a size difference between them. Um, which also that was something I was going to touch on. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. The size difference, what they're touting as a size, it's, it's a half an inch. It's 6.1 inch to a 6.6 inch, six inch to a 6.8. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, the, I thought the plus was, yeah, the, it's the, the, the regular and the plus is a, is a 6.1 to a 6.6. Yeah. And then the the ultra comes in at a 6.8 at the top of the range. It's just like between those bottom two, it's like, okay, cool. I I got a, got a half an inch of screen. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot to me, you know, back in the day when it was like a 5.4 screen to a 6.1 screen or a 6.4 screen, it was like a giant, it felt, it felt big, even though it was only like an inch or whatever, but you know, I still remember holding, you talking about, you know, phones from 
times past, I remember, and I it's now been long enough, I forget the exact model number, but my first oversized Android phone, it was a Nokia something. Man, I think it was like yellow or something, right? And it had like a 20 megapixel giant lens on the back or something? Y- yes, and, and I think <laughs> I just said Android yeah, phone. I actually, I actually meant Windows phone, so even more blast from the past. It was a Nokia Windows phone. And it, I just remember it feeling massive, but right. the, like even awkward. And I get the bezels were much bigger than the phones we have today. It was thicker than the phones we have today, but I still, I, if I went back and looked up the specs, I would say that phone was probably around six to six and a quarter inches, which ironically was the screen size of the smallest of the phones we're here to talk right. about today, which I think is just really funny. Yeah. It was when in that tablet point, era. <laughs> right. When 6.1 inches is the entry point to this lineup. Yeah. Think about that. Like over six inches is the screen size entry point to the lineup. But you know, they're all OLED displays. Samsung, they don't yeah. skimp on displays. They just mm-hmm. don't. They make them for a reason. They're so they nice. got that going for them. I thought it was interesting, you know, six point one to six point six, Eric, but to your point, the uh, the resolutions are identical, twenty three forty by ten eighty. Right. Yep. So and and both 120 hertz refresh. So, Which is pretty cool that they've got that on even the even the entry level phone has one twenty hertz. That's yeah, pretty it's cool. super nice. And that entry level, uh, I would be remiss without mentioning, starts at seven ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, you're getting a six point one inch phone, hundred and twenty ref- uh, hundred twenty hertz refresh, and a Snapdragon eight Gen two. Which there are going back to the things I kind of had to pull out of these announcements, like that I felt were mention worthy. Mm-hmm. That you have to look out for the difference because last year's was a Snapdragon eight, but it was a Snapdragon eight Gen one, right. and. One of the things about the Gen 1, this is most going to be relevant to the Ultra, because if you're one of the 12 Android gamers out there, you're probably buying the Ultra. Um, there was a thing, and this was a real thing I experienced on my on my S22 Ultra. The Gen 1 got hot, mm. like genuinely hot. And mm. I don't mean that from a discomfort perspective, even though that could be very uncomfortable to hold, depending on your case, um, literally. Um it would start to thermally throttle. We talk about that. We talk about that on this show a lot mm-hmm. lately. How these devices on different form factors thermally throttle, simply meaning yep. if it gets to a certain point, the device has to start bringing its own horsepower down so it doesn't get a runaway thermal situation and crash shut down or <laughs> set on fire. Right. Um, yeah, so try not there's to do a, that again. Yeah. The 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 Gen two of the Snapdragon eight platform. One of the thing is meant to be you know more efficient, more powerful, what have you. It's also meant to run longer at lower temperatures, i.e. to perform better. Um, And they've got that across the line, not just in the Ultra. It's that Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. That's a a top-tier chip that they've brought to their entire lineup. Pretty solid move. Um, Then there's the stuff that is kind of just table stakes in Android in general, Samsung for sure, USB-C across the board. Um, they're starting at 256 for all but the cheapest of the phones. So like that, that, that 799 S, um, S23 is 128 gig right. um, with a 256 option. And then the S23 Plus flips the script 256 with a 512 option. And then the Ultra starts at 256, goes all the way up through a terabyte. So that's nice. The baseline just starts at 128. It's like those lower storage. Oh, well, even 128. has got even 128. has got to die at some point. Yeah. I get yeah. doing it at your most ba- yeah. yeah, at your most baseline mm-hmm. phone. I get it. But uh, yeah, if, if you're well, especially when you're strapping 50 megapixel cameras on there. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And that segues perfectly to Eric. One of the areas I wanted to kind of turn it over to you because this is definitely your zone. 
this was the one announcement that was not difficult to pull out because everyone knew going in, this was the announcement around this event. And that's the camera system in the S23 Ultra. And before I do, I do want to point out, I'm fairly positive the camera system has just become the talk about smartphone maturity. It yeah. ends up becoming one of the only things we ever get to talk about at these events yep, anymore. Yep. And because I, and everything I else like is so incremental. It's the only place that they're trying to make strides. Right. So where they're it, taking it, big leaps it, in that tell us about this camera and you know, does sure. it make this a buy worthy phone? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it depends or on what, what you're again, like we always talk about, it depends on what you're into. So that what they've put in the, the ultra is a 200 megapixel main camera. So, I mean, you, you think that you hear that in your head, 200 megapixels, but you got to remember the thing is tiny, like the sensor's tiny. So that means it's not going to perform super well in low light. So to combat that, what they do is what's called pixel binning, where they take one of their big pixels and turn, you know, I'm sorry, four of their smaller pixels and turn it into a big pixel so that it goes from a 200 megapixel to a 50 megapixel image. And, you know, it it comes like kind of AI combines four of them into one and then it reduces it by a quarter, you know, three quarters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you get the 50 megapixel image and it's that helps it perform better in low light. It's the same thing that Apple did on their new, um, 48 megapixel that they've got in in their line it pixel bins down to a 12 megapixel picture still but it uses four as one and does better in low light and all this kind of stuff so they did that so i mean it is it is noteworthy in that you know it went after pixel binning you are getting a resolution image that is what you get in, in a raw image on the apple phone as the pixel bin version. So if you go for a raw image on the Samsung phone, you're getting a 200 megapixel image. And, you know, as we talked about, you better get the one terabyte phone yeah. if you're going to be taking raw 200 megapixel raw photos on your on your phone because it's going to be crazy. But, you know, picture wise, Samsung, Samsung does great. They they their phones take amazing photographs and they have for a very long time. They really know what they're doing. Again, the, the chips that they're getting developed for their their camera systems are great. But I think the thing to really talk about on this is the video side of it. For people who are doing independent productions and doing, you know, shooting video on their cell phones and things like that, it, it's mm-hmm. happening more and more out there. You can get gimbals for it. You can do all this stuff. Yeah, you Apple can make some really, that a lot with yeah, the iPhone. you can get some really good looking video on it. This phone does 8K video. So, I mean, you're not really going to put out 8K video, but mm-hmm. if you can take it in 8K <laughs> yeah. and then put it in your editing software, edit it, and then put it out in a 4K. And, you know, again, it's like pixel binning. You're getting, mm-hmm. you're taking a high, really high resolution and then paring it down to a 4K and it becomes, it, it's, it's still going to look sharper than if you took it in 4K and exported it in 4K. If you take it in 8K and export mm-hmm. it in 4K, you well, get a little error, more sharpness out of it. One, one question on the 8K shooting, because I, act, I generally yeah. don't know, is, is that what also gives you the, flexibi- the flexibility when you're capturing at 8K to also crop down to 4K? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I know that can play into things like um like AI based stable like sure. stabilization things yeah, like you that can, when you, you when you've got a wide frame to crazy. pull from. Yeah, yep. you've got yeah. so much data around the periphery that you can actually whittle it. Yeah, down. absolutely. And I mean and it would that would be huge for that and it all it's also huge for reframing your shots. So if you're you're sitting right. there and you're like, you know, doing a, a, a shot and you do a wide shot, you know, and you're going to end up doing 4K, you could you could put a two person wide shot in there and then actually edit after the fact and do close-ups on those two people and still have the mm-hmm. resolution that you need to like you, you it gives you a lot more flexibility in your post-production when you've got that much data but again where are you record how much 8k footage can you keep on one of those phones yeah. 
you well, know, that goes gonna, back to the storage question. Fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that two fifty six. I mean, let's call it what it is. You know, Samsung does some pretty aggressive pre order specials. I should have mentioned. Yeah. Um, this phone starts at eleven ninety nine, and but that's for the two fifty six model. But yeah. if you pre order right now, they give you a free bump to the five twelve. That's I feel as much a here's an incentive to go buy the phone to goose some yeah. numbers as it is. We did the math and we realized that you really need 512 to keep yeah. any yeah. meaningful I mean, amount right. of data yeah. on yeah, this you're thing. Taking, you're taking giant 50 megapixel or 200 megapixel photos and you're recording 8K video. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you're going to be you're going to be using up that source quick. I mean, and, and that's the thing that I don't know. And I should probably look this up because I've never looked into it. So one of the big things now that everyone does when they're doing production, like if you, you know, the Canon phone uh, cameras that we've talked about in the past and, you know, cinema cameras all that kind of stuff what they do is is they they have an hdmi out that goes into an external recorder and like ninja atmos is the is the brand name and they'll record actually on that external it's like it's a hard drive with a screen basically and you can record to that i don't know if these phones output what they would call clean hdmi which is hdmi without all the stuff around the screen the focus stuff and the information if it outputs it clean in that 4k and you could record on a an Atmos or something from a phone. I don't know if right. that's possible, but if it isn't now, it's going to be in the future. That's what's because coming. That I mean, that oh, will yeah. be what's because I mean that that would make those that would make every one of those into an entry level cinema camera that you'd be able to make some amazing stuff on. Which would be interesting to see if they do something like that. But again, it's not really relevant to to this release. But I I think that that two hundred megapixel you know, 50 megapixel binned uh, sensor is as much a, a big deal on this phone as that Snapdragon Gen 2. It just, it's going to add a lot. It's going to, what it's going to be what sells it to a lot of people who are out there looking for a new camera, mm-hmm. you know, their primary, right. you know, take pictures of my family kind of camera. That's pretty, um, it's a pretty good camera in that system for sure. Yeah, I think I saw that Google announced recently or put out an article that they're going to like put in a, into the software that allows you to use like your android phone as a webcam um okay. so that may like fall right in line with that like to yeah. allow that to happen yeah and, and they'll be able to again yeah with an with an 8k sensor on there you're going to get some crazy uh you know, some crazy webcam footage you're going to see every one of my pores on my face if i use that. <laughs> yeah i mean to say Sam, uh, samsung are they trying to take over uh you know get into that like dslr space just make nicer and nicer cameras and- yeah i mean i think i ultimately think that's what all of them are, are trying to yeah do. They want to break into that space. They want people to go, well, I need a new camera. Do I want to pay $2,600 for a, you know, mirrorless SLR camera or, or, you know what? I could, I could take pictures almost that good on my phone. So I'm just going to stick with my phone and, and, you know, they make more sales that way. And I didn't think there's legitimately people right now making that decision. And as they bump up these cameras and get them on par more and more people will make that it make it makes that conversation harder and harder to break through because it also it, there's there's a lot of for me price desensitization that going on there because yeah. you're right Eric mm-hmm. when you when the minute you start camera shopping in earnest mm-hmm. we both went through this and have talked about it on this show a fifteen hundred dollar you know let, let's say you go for the higher spec version of these yep. phones and get the store a fifteen hundred dollar phone starts to look dare I say cheap compared uh-huh. to I've got to get the body. I've got to get the lenses. I've got to get the cards. Like I'm not, I'm not about to draw a comparison between and still any smartphone camera on yeah. earth and a purpose built 
Yeah, the quality difference yes. is right. still, but but the thing is, and the gap is closing. The gap is closing, and mm-hmm. there's also the element that it's it, going back to you know tortured adages and puns, not puns in this case, but uh, the, what is the best camera? The one that you have, the one that's yep. on you, yeah. and that is the phone is going to be there. And the fact of the matter is, as much as I love the Canons that we bought months ago and talked about on this very show, that Canon is with me when I bring it on purpose my mm-hmm. phone is with me 24 hours a day yeah, that's what I was seven about to day, say. for better for worse it's I, always there i have a family vacation coming up here in a couple of weeks that i'm going to go on and you know we're very excited about it i'm not bringing my camera my, my canon mm-hmm. when i go on because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna carry that thing around a theme park for a week you wouldn't you wouldn't return with it you right. end and up throwing I, it away before you came right home. <laughs> you know and storing it in a locker when i go on certain yep. rides and things yep. like that. i'm not i'm just not going to do that my phone will go with me and the pictures on that will be good enough to print anything that i need to for memories of that trip i take my camera out my slr out when i am doing photography i take my phone out when i need Purposeful snapshots photography yep. yeah well, and let's say, because you talked about print, and I'm sure you guys will, because I know it's something you truly enjoy, but the vast majority of people, where are those photos destined? Social media. Social yep. media. Mm-hmm. So, um, and 200 megapixels bin down to 50 is plenty for social media. And compressed to all get out for yeah, somebody's Instagram. Facebook feed, or whoever so. is just going to compress them all out. So, yep, you're fine. Um, on the camera systems at large, I just because I was actually shocked. Dude, we, when we talk about the trickle down to the other phones, again, the Ultra yeah. is that you know this is the lead. But I thought it was fascinating. The S, the S twenty three and the S twenty three plus really are, um, I, I dare to say, Apple esque. That form this, factor, though. Yeah. Well, even yes, the form factor for sure. We can talk about that also. But I even meant you know Apple in a in a big way led a charge that you know Samsung was right there with. But thankfully, I feel like they both standardized now where you're buying a different sized phone doesn't necessarily mean having to buy a different featured phone. And that's really important because not everyone wants to go buy the biggest phone in the lineup because they want the best camera or the, I mean, in this case, yes, you do have to buy literally the biggest phone in the lineup to get the best camera. But when I look at the camera that's shared between the regular S 23 and the S 23 plus it's the, it's same that um, the previous yeah. generation, same processor, and that previous generation 50 megapixel sensor at 1.8 mm-hmm. f stops um, on on the wide, what 12 megapixel on the ultra wide, and um, a 10 megapixel telephoto. So you lose that's, the extra f stop 4.9, but still, that's a great camera system and, for an entry, what that, we call an entry level phone. Right, and, and even though, in like another thing on that 10 megapixel, which is pretty cool, it has a three times optical zoom. Right. So not a digital zoom. It's not going to degrade your picture quality when you zoom in. It will zoom in three zoom. times yeah. optically before it starts to use a digital zoom, which means, you know, it's a, it's a good telephoto lens. I mean, you get three times zoom on it, which is, you know, from a 20 millimeter to a, you know, mm-hmm. 80 millimeter or what. I mean, like that's that's significant. So, I mean, that's mm. it's pretty cool to see that on yep. an entry level camera. Yeah, the, the last thing that really jumped out at me because you touched on it some with video, Eric, was too that across all three phones, because I this was something I misunderstood when I read the original announcements. Yeah. Um, all three phones on all three camera systems do 8K 30 and 4K 60 video. Yes. Yeah. Which was okay, shocking. Okay. To yeah, that's awesome. Across the line. So that's, again, we can sit here and just beat to death what 8K actually means to anyone right now. Yeah. But the fact that I, I just think about that person who's walking in at 799. Store, potential storage issues not with saying standing and saying this is what i can spend on a phone you are actually walking away with a lot of phone 
yeah for your for your eight hundred dollars it, it really is you have to you know do some pretty aggressive memory management and things like that for storage sure. yeah but that's still a heck of a lot of phone with really all the rest of the you know it's a, got a great display the Battery at thirty nine hundred milliamps is kind of like you that, might. That was going to be my next yeah. thing to mention: the battery, because I have the flip, I, and it's definitely less aggressively than, mediocre. I do desire a better battery from time to time. <laughs> so it, your anchor charger is never far away. Is that yeah. what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that is absolutely the experience. And there's the physics: the phone is smaller, the battery oh, yeah. is smaller. Like yeah, I, I saw they I put very a bigger one in the that. Ultra, which is good. Or a more 5, 000, battery. Yeah. Well, both. I mean, it's a 5,000 milliamp battery, and then the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 is supposed to be more efficient, which should hopefully you know translate into more moving around time. So I, that's my thing with these phones is there's definitely things that are exciting to talk about them. But my question for the two of you is, let's set aside if you're a person who already owns an S22 Ultra. Like if you bought last year, we're going to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, you're walking into a store. Do you feel there's enough here if you're coming from, say, a two or more generations ago phone, or if you're an iPhone user looking to make a change? What are you guys' thoughts on this as a device? Are you walking in and saying, yep, that's the phone I want, and walking out with one of these? Um, <laughs> the lack of I think that says it all. Sense. No, I mean, I for me anyway, I think that, you know, I, I'm so entrenched in Apple that I have trouble objectively making that call. But um, th- that 200 megapixel with the Snapdragon Gen 2, I mean, I, I feel like that's going to be a very snappy phone. You know, the storage, especially the bump to 512 out of the gate um, and a 200 megapixel um, camera on there. If you're going in there from a two-year-old phone and looking and looking at, specifically looking at Android phones and you're seeing oh, well, my two, my two-year-old phone's got a, you know, 20 megapixel camera or 12 megapixel camera, whatever it was on the Samsungs at that point, going to a 200, you know, like a 10 times. I mean, that's, that feels pretty significant, especially when you're going Android to Android. I feel like it's less significant. Um, I mean, it still seems significant coming from even the newest Apple. When you look at a 48 megapixel to 200, exactly. But I think that that's where it, most of the people who are going to be going in and even looking at the ultra are going to be more people on the techie end of things anyway that are going to know what those numbers actually mean and they'd be less apt to jump on it but i feel like anyone coming from a mid-tier phone a couple years old going to those entry level or mid-tier phones now that's pretty it's a pretty significant bump for that because i feel oh, yeah. like you're i feel like you're basically getting last year's top tier phone specs, exactly which is that's me like that is actually important uh, this is one yes. of the best examples of trickle down i've seen yeah, in a while La- last year's last year's camera system which was amazing last year's storage which was amazing but this year's processor which is significant yes the, the, i mean the, the fact they, that they've got the same processor across the yeah, line is I, I don't want to downplay it they're taking that eight gen 2 all the way down the line and just real quick aside because it's not something we think about here a lot They've also gone to that globally. So Samsung used to run an entirely different processor in other parts of the world. And this is the first time that I know of they're doing the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 across everywhere. the line. Europe, wow. US, Asia, like everywhere they're selling the phone. So um, that that was, you know, I'm sure an efficiency move for them as much as anything else. But also yeah. I call it a net win for everyone out there buying this phone because it was pretty universally known the Snapdragon version was 
the good one. Like that was, that mm-hmm. was the better performer. Yeah. Um, and now with it being that gen two processor, that's hopefully not going to get as hot. That's going to run more, you know, uh, evenly for games or higher level media. So yeah, that for that to go all the way down to that entry level price point, that's, that's going to mean a lot to when we, when we think about it at scale for the number of people, because again, this is Samsung we're talking about the number of people whose hands these phones are going to end up in. That is a pretty, pretty major thing. I just don't, the thing to me is I don't know how much of an upgrade cycle these phones are going to drive mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. If you I need think- a phone and go to buy a phone, I have a feeling these are going to be the phones. A lot of people are going to buy, but mm-hmm. speaking for myself, a known thing on this show. I don't have to try hard to go out and buy a phone. Pretty much, you just have to put a ver- an article in front of me with enough good pictures and say, you know what, this is a great looking phone. I'm like, well, I've had this other phone for more than 17 hours. I guess I'll trade yeah. it in, as you put it, Cody. And um, I was just going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two things really hit me hard on this one. A, for me, there wasn't enough to get me to move on it. Again, the camera system, I'd play with, I'd rather just go borrow someone's for a day and play around with it and draw my own conclusions about how ridiculous Samsung is being with color balance this year. Um, I don't need to go buy the phone to do that. More saturation. I don't need to buy the phone to do that per se. Um, The other thing, because you guys mentioned earlier, was the trade-in situation. I was actually really surprised. Um, This has always been the case, but never this egregiously. Um, There are some great trade-in opportunities if you have exactly the right phone. Oh no! So basically, okay. <laughs> basically, if you have last year's S twenty two Ultra laying around, mm-hmm. they'll give you hundreds and hundreds of dollars for it, and you can get into this relatively straightforward. Almost anything other than that, including Samsung. So I've got that Flip Four that mm-hmm. I wasn't even looking to get rid of because I'm having fun with it uh, when I do use it, and it's the only other than my Surface Duo that little guy just keeps <laughs> popping up this episode. Um, it's and, and that's obviously as we've talked about a foldable of a very different type. Um, my Flip 4 is my only true foldable that we have around right now. So I was not looking to get rid of it. But it was the only thing that they were offering with any meaningful trade-in. And even that was only netting $400. Oh, and, yeah, that, okay. so, and the model I have, I think, was either 900 or or 1000 new. So that's well south of half of its original value. Yeah. And the phone is six months old. Mm-hmm. Not even. Yeah, so that was really... just dropped. That was shocking to me. And then heaven forbid you tried to hand them anything other than, well, I shouldn't say, they, they, they have no problem taking an iPhone off your hands. And we know why. If they can get someone to convert, that's, you know, if you, anyway, if you've got a newish iPhone, they're willing to throw money at you. Oh, yeah. But I, ha- I specifically have a, um, a Pixel 6 Pro. So one generation back, top of the line Pixel phone. $160 is what they offered on trade for it. Wow. Yeah, it's messed up. That's like if it was busted and didn't even work. That's probably weird. right. <laughs> and mine is flawless. I ha- it's in the yeah. box, actually. Because um, that phone did go through some basic testing. I think I carried it for two weeks and then we moved on to something else. So I was, I was shocked. So I could have been more tempted just for the fun of playing around with it with a more aggressive mm-hmm. trade-in situation but it meant either giving up a phone i really didn't want to get rid of and still spending at minimum 800 dollars out of pocket yeah. or giving up the phone i was willing to get rid of for i, I would keep the 160 dollars just to keep the phone around as a spare like it's worth right. more than the 160 yeah. to me so then i'm looking at paying full boat retail 1200 plus dollars at nah. no will they take it's your samsung no. tab <laughs> no, that's the funny part too. 
Um, so I've got last year's um, S8 Ultra, the big boy tablet. They're not accepting those as trade for these phones. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Only S- phone it, for it, phone. It, yeah. It, it top, they, they took tablets, but it topped out at S7. The S8 oh. line was not present in the list. They're not ready to take those in yet. Nope. <laughs> That's insane. So anyway, that was just an interesting aside on the on the trade-in slash pre. And I'm sure if you go through the carriers, it might be a slightly different story. Like if I went to AT&T and was willing to mortgage my life for three more years, I could probably, for example, trade in that Pixel 6 for more value. Mm-hmm. But in the case of these phones, I really do prefer to go through the person who makes the freaking thing. Um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. not deal with all the carrier nonsense. That remains yeah. my preferred way to get a device. And um, just year year compared to year, the ease that I went through last year of, admittedly, I did have an S21 Ultra laying around. I was able to trade that in for max value and got an S22 out of it and life moved on. That was just a very different experience this year. It would have been easier if I still had my S22, but I, I traded that in to get the Flip 4. I was just surprised at the major hit that I took going yeah. from an S line to a, to a Z line. Um, and then trying to go back to S again, I guess that little, that little left hook, not <laughs> something they've structured to make very easy on you. If you want to bounce back and forth between those two worlds year in and year out. And I, I hate to say it. They're basically, if they, if they had smoothed that out more, I frankly would have, they'd be getting two phones a year out of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R- really? Um, so I just thought that was kind of an interesting Yeah, I feel like they have an opportunity to make, because, you know, Apple does trade-ins and not like the worst in the world, but I feel like Samsung has that opportunity to like get that edge. And I think, because that really does, I think, make a difference. Like having that like, oh, I can actually trade like this stuff in and actually makes a difference. Like compared to like, you know, Apple, I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, a generation or so back, it's like they give you like 50 bucks for it or something, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they do. I mean, there was, I, their trade-ins are terrible too, because I did a, (laughs) I tried to go in and take a look and see what the trade-ins would be there for, um, because I was going to get like upgrade to a, a bigger iPad from the one I have the main. Right. I was going to get a larger screen and they're offering almost nothing for the yeah. current generation iPad mini, like yeah. less than half price for the trade in, which is insane to me. And, and this not, is not you know, just an Apple or a Samsung thing. No, the, it's the, not. It's across the, the, the quick board, aside yeah. as the chip shortage landscape is changing dramatically and the demand situation is changing dramatically across the industry um, that those few years of just massive trade-in opportunities, I think, are fading very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, the problem is they kind of got us all hooked on it. Mm-hmm. And to rip yeah. it away, cold turkey, pun very much intended, um, I, I think that could, if they're not careful, could exacerbate the demand issue they're seeing dramatically. Because we 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 all had this opportunity to buy full boat, trade in for what I always felt was a very very reasonable turnaround. I didn't expect to give it back for what I paid for. This isn't right. the used car market, but it's gone. Eric, the iPad example is a very very good one. It's gone too far the other direction for mm-hmm. me, at least. So, yeah, I mean, with current models technology across the board, you should be able to get a little more, at least a little more than half, half. of what you paid yep. for it on a current generation. I mean, I get it. If it's a last generation or two generations old, you're going to start losing money. Then it should start to come off a current cliff. generation. Yeah, you're trying gen to, to gen. You're, yep. you're showing your brand loyalty and wanting to upgrade through their system and all that. And they're like, nah, it just feels yeah. like a slap in the face a little bit. Agreed. 
Um, and that, and again, that's true on the phone side of things. Yep. It's true on the device side of things, which, um, you know, transitions and segues really well over to the other half of this event. Cause those were, yeah, there were the yeah, phones yeah. and there were, this was different again, that more or less historically, definitely at least last year, for sure. They brought phones and they brought tablets. They brought no tablets this year. And the, t- and this further feeds the narrative of <laughs> with cooling demand, they're wanting to ride the, the, um, the eights the series eight a little bit longer on, on their, on their tab, on their tab eights. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, there's tab nines set to come sometime this year. I could actually see that more aligning with the foldables announcement versus, you know, this being the, uh, the S line announcements. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the foldable stuff <laughs> now that yes, I have one, <laughs> but we, but we have a wait to go for that, mm. but they brought laptops this year. And I thought that was really interesting, even in context of this show, because we just got finished talking about a few weeks ago, how 2023 feels like a, a, a year, a moment in the laptop space where laptops are getting cool again. And I think the manufacturers are leaning into that as well because Samsung, it's kind of the opposite in the computer space. Like you see a phone, there's a better than good chance. It's a Samsung phone. You see someone at the library using a laptop. It's still for me, at least relatively uncommon for that to be a Samsung laptop. They've made, they've made better inroads. I feel like the Chromebook space and things like that. But when you think about your performance windows based laptops, it's a Dell, it's an HP, it's a Asus, Lenovo, et cetera. Like Samsung has, genuine inroads that they can make there there's growth potential that is there and i'm very interested to see where that potentially goes for them so yeah samsung came to this event this year with three laptop offerings much like the three uh smartphone offerings so at least they kept it balanced yeah three, um, i'm surprised <laughs> yeah we'll kind of go the other direction though, from from the bottom up because the bottom two and it's not really a better or worse comparison it's just two different types from their Galaxy Book 3 lineup. Um, one is the Galaxy Book 3 Pro, and the other is the Galaxy Book 3, what, 360, I think. Yeah, the, I think, yeah 360. The Pro 3, so they're both pros, that's right. So it's the Galaxy Book Pro um, 3 and 360. So they're both Windows-based laptops, as we said. Um, the, what's interesting is they're, they're laptops, but not in like the crazy way. They've got... 13th gen Intel processors. Yeah. They've got great displays. The 360 version is called that because it flips. It's a, it's a convertible. It goes from laptop to tablet format and back again. You know, I'm so surprised we're so still forth. even doing that design too. Well, yeah, I have many feelings about, you know, <laughs> who I, I would like to talk more to the person who's putting their laptop in tent mode, but I digress. Yeah. I like literally have never seen anyone use a laptop that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the big changes form factor wise here was the, the, Samsung has now joined the parade of people that are going from 16 by nine to 16 by 10 aspect ratio displays. And I continue to be very happy about it because man, that every time I use a 16 by 10 display, I'm like, yes, give me all of those those vertical lines because I really, really, really just want to see more of the scroll. So, oh yeah. Um, Um, they're do they're all, they're all, um, AMOLED displays, but they're calling them AMOLED 2X, simply meaning that they've got 120 Hertz refresh rates across the board, which again, that's depending on if you're one of those people who is like, you can see refresh rates over 60 from a mile (laughs) away, or I don't care if it's 60 or 500, depending on which side of that line you're on, that can be very meaningful. I am, I am from the first group. I, I can tell when I'm using a 60 Hertz 
anything anymore. I have one monitor that I use at the office now that's 60 hertz, <laughs> and I notice it every single time because it's the last one. Yeah, it's one of those, like, once you go, you can never go back. Like, once you see the 120 refresh rate. No, it's 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 absolutely true. But beyond that, they're, they're, they've got um, S Pen support on the 360, so you can literally whip it around in a tablet mm-hmm. mode, draw on it with an S Pen. Like, all those features that you're looking for are there. Uh, I felt they've done some really for them aggressive moves on the price point where the the galaxy the the book 3 pro will start at you know 1450 bucks and that yeah, that's, that's getting you it's definitely not value territory but you are getting a really great looking well built computer with all the specs you're looking for not for gaming of course and we'll get into more of that here in a second with another entry but i mean if you're just looking for they've got pro in the name for a reason like mm-hmm. i do feel this is a you could draw a lot of lines between this and, for example, Dell's XPS line. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, they looks like they went with the the Iris graphics on here. So yeah, like you said, they're not going yeah. for the full gaming on this. No, one. this is this is not meant to be your your gaming replacement. Nor was it ever intended to be at fourteen hundred dollars either. But yeah, uh, you know, as an all around productivity laptop, school laptop, things like that. I mean, this is it's a. It's not a value entry, but I do feel like you're getting quite a bit for your $1,450. Um, when we look at the other competition in that space, and it's very hard not to then draw a direct line between that and, say, your MacBook Airs or your more entry-level MacBook Pros. I mean, this is Samsung we're talking about. Everything has a direct line you can draw to a competing I, Apple I was going to say, this has got to be like hitting that, like, you know, they're nice laptops, and we want you to bring, you know, get them and bring them to school and do those things with them. Yep. So... That's the book three, book three pro and the book three pro 360, 360. or so. <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe there's no three in the other one. I, I have to look it no, up. There is. Yeah. It's a galaxy book three pro 360. Okay. Then I give up. I was trying to give them an out that maybe I was misreading it, but I'm like, nope, uh-huh. nope. It's just really awkward to say. That's all. Um, I should say that that 360 model starts at 1900. So you are paying quite a bit more over the top for that convertible experience, that tablet type mm. experience when you want it. I'm personally not a huge fan of that for two reasons. A, those folding mechanisms just do tend, they've they've improved dramatically. Like I feel like Lenovo drove that forward with the yoga line mm. for many years. Oh yeah. And now the industry, they've, we've learned to make these hinges better. I just, I see one and I think, I just have this built-in impulse reaction that's going to break. You know what I mean? I just whether that's founded or not, I just look at it and say that's going to fall apart. It just yeah. How I, I feel always still it. just think, try to think of the usage cases for actually folding your your laptop back and putting the keys like against the table or whatever. That for me is the biggest yeah. one. Fold it around. You can't change the fact that I'm I'm feeling keys on the back of the device. I think mm-hmm. about was like to hold and use the device. And that's just, to me, not a good experience. But hey, if you're a mobile creative that's really looking for that mm-hmm. powerful, c- flexible experience, again, pun intended, great. Yeah. Um, that's just never been a space for me, really. No. Oh, yeah, me neither. But no, the, the one that I am impressed about is is the Ultra, obviously. Like, this is... Definitely. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. That's the other move they made. So now to the ultra, which you know, ultra. If you haven't picked up on it, is you know that that's the top of the line. Any mm-hmm. given thing. If you're looking at their tablet lineup, it's the S8 Ultra. If you're looking at you know, obviously the phones we were just talking about, the S23 Ultra. I'm sorry, Tab 8 Ultra. By the way, um, the S23 Ultra is the new flagship phone. So their flagship laptop is the Galaxy Book 3 Ultra, and um. 
Boy, howdy. This thing is a bit of a beast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to say that it is a direct shot at, call it what it is, the 16-inch MacBook Pro, I mean, the, the, you could just start drawing lines from one to the other very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's got the 16-inch form factor. It's, you know, e- even just the industrial design of it, you know, is oh, yeah. very MacBook-esque. I and mean, not in a bad way. I don't mean it's like they did a rip-off copy. Um, in fact, they did a few things very intentionally differently. But I think people will note, one of which being, it's got a freaking 10 key. I will tell you, there are people that I know who will <laughs> buy some of these laptops simply because they have a 10 key option. I, that oh, sounds yeah. ridiculous, but it is a God's honest truth. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, I've seen people buy the USB keypads, you know, and even sure. and keyboard. <laughs> so this, the lineup starts at, I want to yeah, $2,400. $2, so it is $100 cheaper than the entry point MacBook Pro 16. Um, mm-hmm. That said, there's just a, there's just some differences there that, that can't be ignored. Like, it's very hard to draw a direct line between the i7 in this entry-level device and what would now be the M2 Pro. Yeah. That's the starting point on the 20, on, on the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Like, there's just differences there. We're not going to make this a processor episode, but there yeah, just they, are. Yeah, they definitely set themselves apart with those M series. Well, and a lot of it, too, is going to come from what are you buying this thing to do? If you're a mobile... Mm-hmm. With again that mobile creative professional, the guy we've referenced on the show many times is out there <laughs> editing his Somewhere. four and eight k dailies in the front line of a you know production set. Like, I, I hate to say it, you're probably still leaning pretty heavily into that M architecture and just the mm-hmm. raw performance it brings at doing those tasks. Because while these, um, while the Galaxy Book Three Ultra, man, it continues to be a mouthful. Yeah, uh, starts at that i seven. <laughs> And an uh, RTX forty fifty, which, by the way, not a bad card. Like that is a yeah, very I mean, current generation <laughs> yeah. good card. But at twenty four hundred dollars, you're then stepping up even further from i seven. Well, then you got to get up into i nine, and then that i nine gets you up into the forty seventy. But the thing is, now you're suddenly knocking on three thousand. Now there's again, there's some pre order bonuses you can get right now that they get you some savings. But I'm talking MSRP for MSRP. You're at i nine forty seventy. You're knocking on that three thousand dollar price point. Now you're getting dangerously close to an M one. I believe what would be a max um, that that, mm-hmm. that upper tier 16 inch MacBook Pro that's going to have M2, the one yeah. Ter- yeah yeah your M2 I'm sorry yeah your M2 Max with a terabyte of storage and 32 gigs of RAM so it's obviously it's easy to draw the line one to one on what Samsung's going for I feel it's much more complicated to draw a line for line comparison horsepower for horsepower because there's no longer the MacBook is no longer running a standard video card, so we can't mm-hmm. make a direct comparison. It's no longer running an Intel or an AMD chip, so it's really hard to make a direct comparison. Yeah, I just know, as we've talked about endlessly on this show, what it feels like to you. And this is not about Samsung. This is just in, in Intel or AMD verse in general. I know there's a difference in how it feels to use a modern M-class Apple device versus Top of, I've not yet used a 13th gen Intel chip. I'm looking forward. We've got some um, mm. Razer gear on the way that I'm really looking forward to trying it out on. But as recently as some 12th gen devices that I've used, there's just, 
a difference in how it feels to use. I'm not talking about comparing clock speed. I'm not talking about even comparing benchmarks. I'm talking about the way it feels to the use the experience. device day yeah. in and day out. That that M processor is just different. So that's mm-hmm. where I struggle with some of the direct, con, you know, drawing direct comparisons between even this and the laptop that Samsung is so obviously taking a pot shot at. Because to get to that 4070, which is again a great chip, you you could be forgiven for thinking for a second, well, is this a gaming laptop? And it could be a gaming laptop, mm-hmm. but I don't think it is one because it's still factor. Yeah, it's three thousand dollars. It's going to be thermally throttled. Let's just get it out of the way. It it's, oh, yeah. it's under an inch thick. It, there's just no way. I mean, there's, there's no it's room gonna for cooling get in there. Yeah, none. Um, the the screen isn't necessarily going to lend itself. It's going to lend itself more to creatives and to gamers. So I do. I get, I'm not want to go down that rabbit hole all the way. Just simply to say that I feel this is. Eric, a creative laptop. Yes, it's not it a gamer's seems, laptop. It seems to me that that's what they're going for. They are they are trying to directly compete with the MacBook Pro line. Like they are they are going specifically for that, which means they're going after the creative market because that's what it's. I mean, that's not there's in no one's imagination is a MacBook Pro a gaming laptop. Right. It's just not. No one buys it for that. No. Up to and including at that $3,500 price exactly. that we were just talking about. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, right. I mean, they, you know, they, it's just, you know, there are games you can play on it. Um, I was looking into it the other day because we were going to want to try to do like a side-by-side comparison with some new tech that we have coming in with the with the Apple stuff. But, it, you know, trying to find games like the the top of the line, the top tier triple A title that you can really kind of test on is Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is four years old now a few years old now yeah four or five years old there there is no triple a title released in 2022 or 2023 so far that you can compare apples haha to apples on between (laughs) between the two you just can't it just doesn't Mm -hmm. exist so you can't compare those kind of things so the only recourse you have is to go and do synthetic benchmarks but doing synthetic benchmarks on an m series versus an it's it's two completely different things it just it just doesn't compare so um i'm sure a 4070 can process through you know video stuff and and photos things ai so i'm sure it does great at that i'm you know i haven't i've never used a card that level for that kind of stuff i'm sure it's just fine but I, i don't know i mean you know, Apple tries to do some stuff in, in a lot of its fancy words and everything, but you know, they've, they've architected some things with their storage memory and their Ram and everything mm-hmm. being integrated all into the same chip that kind of streamlines that whole chip. And I don't, and they can't do that when they're using piecemeal parts in, in a PC. So they're, you know, they're losing some of that extra bandwidth there, but I don't, I don't know how that translates. Right. And, you know, when you get the same form factors and obviously they're going to need to thermally throttle. I mean, those 4070s run hot, even the even the um, mobile ones, they still run hot. And the the yep. i9s, the i7s, the, their Intel chips, they're going to be the the mobile versions, which means they're going to have a smaller TDP or whatever. But it's still it's they're still going to run warm. Well, there's there's two key things. One, I want to touch on real quickly. Um, the screen. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be that great Samsung AMOLED same thing at 2x 120 hertz 400 nits of brightness and i know i talk about brightness on this show a lot because i'm just mm. a brightness junkie and yeah, we've, yeah. you know made fun of me to death about that but i love my eyeballs to bleed um 400 
we keep drawing the Apple comparison here, but that's because they begged us to this time. Yep. Like they yeah. came out making that. Th- that's what this was meant to do. So it is what it is. Going back to that 16 inch MacBook Pro, thousand nits of brightness on XDR. That's a right. big difference for peak brightness. Yeah, wow, big, big, big difference. So that that one, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that for me. I've really been paying a lot more attention to brightness on devices when I go to buy them for myself. It was a major mm-hmm. decision in a laptop I bought literally this week was I I originally was going to have to wait because they were they were not in stock and they came back in stock. But anyway, for pre-orders even, the one I wanted was for several key reasons, one of which being it was the one that had the thousand nit mini LED display. And I knew that I was willing to wait whatever I had to, to get that one, because that's what mm-hmm. I said. The display is meaningful to me, at least and I know it is to many others, but Eric, you talk about heat. The other thing that that, that, that directly translates to that gives me a lot of pause about this being a direct MacBook competitor is battery life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a relatively, it's a quote unquote thinner device in that space. But not only that, it's running a full-blown i7 or i9, H-series no less, and it's running RTX-grade video cards, which, again, great performers, they eat batteries for lunch. So the reason that's meaningful, obviously, if you're buying this to plug it in and use like a mobile workstation, like the laptop I, again, bought this week, that I if that thing gets 90 minutes of battery, I'm going to be shocked. (laughs) It's not what I bought it for. Um, But if you're going to come in and make, intentionally making this an an apples to apples comparison um the, the one of the tentpole features of these M2 MacBook Pros is the ridiculous battery life they're getting because oh, yeah. the M2 Pros and Maxes brought genuine performance increases and hours more battery to computers yep. that already had great batteries i i get easily seven eight nine hours of the pretty aggressive use that i use my, my macbook pro for um several that i've talked to that have used these m2s i'm looking forward to doing so myself are saying they they're not sure what they could do in a normal 10 hour day to kill that laptop i don't yeah. think you'd have to try too hard with one of these no. genuinely if you if you're if you're beating an i9 and a 4070 to death on battery i i struggle to think you're going to get much beyond two to three yeah, hours. it probably won't even spin up fully without a battery without being plugged in good point <laughs> they could, they, they yeah. could, you're right they could performance <laughs> throttle it just seeing that it's off charger so mm-hmm. um you know i think there's i love that they're that they're, samsung's looking to mix it up in that space again we talk about how much we love competition on this show i just don't know if this is going to be the direct competition if samsung's intent was to just you know mix it up in the laptop market this all three of these do that i think they're meaningful yeah. entries in the space but specific to the ultra if they were looking to attract away people who are just who are currently on the the apple store website right now building their m2 pro or max 16 inch macbook pro i don't know if this laptop is going to change their purchasing decision no if you're if you're a creative you're probably going to be more inclined to buy a mac if you're a gaming laptop person you're probably more inclined to buy like an msi or a razor they're going to get a razor they're going to get that new razor that was announced four days before this one so you know it's you just have to, you know, have $3,800. Right, exactly. Around. You got to be ready to drop some cash. Oh, man. Well, on that bombshell, I think we will uh, wrap up unpacked for this year. Uh, anything else on either the phones or the laptop side you guys want to throw in as we uh, wrap it up this week? No, I don't think so. I mean, the, these are, they're, you know, I wasn't impressed by them simply because I've got some bias, you know, on this whole thing. But I think <laughs> that they did have some impressive stuff that they brought to the table. It's just... It's 
not for everyone. I think they want it to be for everyone, but I think they're going to be, you know, saddened when they realize it isn't for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So. I think we're entering a point with a lot of these devices, the phones especially, where I do mean it that I think we're entering a phase of that market where it's less about these devices attracting people to go buy one or upgrade because they're excited about a certain thing about it. But I do like that they exist because when if someone if they break their phone, lose their phone, their phone is just old enough where it's finally giving up the ghost and they're just upgrading. These are really great entries. Like these are going to be yeah. phones that people will be happy with. The, you know, all all three of those S23 devices are good phones. And I think yeah. that's the meaningful part is if you're walking in and it's just this is your year. It's your year to upgrade. You've been holding out. It's just it's time you're going to get a good phone. I don't know if there's something here. It's like, my Eric, you said earlier, if you're holding on to that S22 and any of those S22s from last year, or even probably S21s, you might not be inclined to run out yeah. and go grab one of these. But if you're rocking a three plus year old phone, especially if it's up on contract time and carriers are again going to chuck them at you when you walk in the door, you're not going to walk out with a bad phone from any of those entries. Nope. And that's yeah. good. Like that is a yeah. good thing for people go out and spending their hard earned money on these pieces of consumer tech. Yeah, agreed. So. For sure. All right. Well, uh, as we're trying to get better and better about saying here at the end of the show, um, you know, like and subscribe. Like and some cheese. See, I hate it. I hate it so much. But I know it makes you cringe, the, but do it anyway. It's, the, it's things we have to do. But yeah. uh, with that, we will catch you next time. Later. Later. Thank you, first of all, for hanging out with us again this week and please you know t take a beat go over and drop another one of those lovely five-star reviews as we continue uh, hopefully on your s23 ultra i can't even yeah, do i can't even do a shamed <laughs> samsung plug here not a sponsor